Welcome to another episode of At The Buzzer. This, unfortunately, is a loss edition. Um, over here, sat in my chair, is Jack Barsh, co-host of At The Buzzer. Over there is Sam Ativier. Sam, are you sad? I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Okay. Well, that's similar to sad. At, we, least, uh, at least it was Air Force and not Nebraska we lost to. Air Force fans are nice. <laughs> See you uh, end of the non-conference schedule at two and one. Um, just not like the two and one that everyone expected. The the two were CSU and Nebraska, and the one was Air Force. Um, and CU lost in overtime, thirty to twenty, thirty twenty nine to twenty three. I guess they never kicked the extra point, did they? Thirty to twenty three because they went first. Oh, that's right. Okay, they did kick the extra point. Yeah. But, um, frankly, I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in the fact that uh, Sam recently admitted to me today that uh, I am correct. Humbug is the perfect album. Oh, no. <laughs> Sam slightly opened the door for Arctic Monkeys Talk, and I'm kicking Listen, it in the jar. We didn't plan out this podcast, <laughs> and I can see why you didn't say anything. <laughs> I just I I listen to as much music as I possibly can, and I listen to um, their older stuff. I yeah. think Monkey older stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've really listened to Humbug ever like once through while concentrating on it. Yeah, I listened to it and it was it was really good. I'm I'm happy with it. Produced by it. Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, I love Josh Homme. Well, that's who he is. That's that's. I love- Eagles of Death Metal is my favorite band to listen to before playing soccer. Really? It's so fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we move off the topic, because this is not an Arctic Monkeys podcast, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, give me your favorite ace, or give me your favorite top half song, favorite second half song from Humbug. Oh, I don't know the names of the songs. I wasn't, oh my god! I just listened to it once. I'm playing, oh no! I listened once the first time. I saved the songs that are just like hell yeah, and then I listen to it again, and then I'll figure out what playlists. Because uh, I don't listen to much rock, so I don't have much rock playlists. Okay, well that's fine. As you know, it uh, it, it transcends genres, so you know I wouldn't just call this a rock album. I would call it a. Um, Maybe a heavenly album, an album from a different dimension. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyways, okay. everyone should go listen to Humbug. Um, talk about Bah Humbug. How about that Air Force loss? <laughs> you need to listen to Caro Caro Bonito. Okay. Well, what's the, is that the artist or the album? It's the artist. Bonito Generation is my favorite album. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bonito Generation. You missed my perfect segue, and now I can't yeah, even segue from your that. Your perfect segue. Bah, humbug. How about that Air Force loss? <laughs> um, I would like to know who was missing all those assignments on all of those long passes, mm. because that was the killer. <laughs> yeah, first. this... Uh, I, well, here, let's say this first. What? Let's say this first. Before I want to say anything else, I just want to say this. Air Force is the best team that CU's played this year. I'm pretty confident in saying. Yeah, they're a legit Mountain West contender, probably better than Boise State. Ooh. Well, I guess we'll find out this weekend. Yeah, because Boise State struggled really badly against – who did they play their second week? 
Um, let's see. Well, they beat Florida yeah. State. Was that the well, second week? Florida State's really bad. Horrible. <laughs> they, they beat they, Florida State. They, they struggled with Marshall, and then they yeah, handled Portland it. State. Well, Portland State's FCS. But, yeah, then struggling with Marshall sketchy. But we're not talking about Boise State, are we? We're talking about Air Force. Um, so hats off to them. I, it's, it's hard to get upset, at least for me, when you lose to an option team, uh, just because that is, that is perfect football to me. I, I love the, the emphasis on running the ball in the throats. I love the misdirection they had. Um, and they just executed better than CU did. And every time it looked like CU was going to get a stop, they called a pass and someone blew a coverage. <laughs> I, I believe, and you were in the press box. Hold on. Were you in the press box? Yeah, I'm always okay. there. Yeah. So you were in the press box. So you might know this better than I do. Uh, was his stat line in the, in the first half, two for three with two touchdowns and an interception? Um, I think it was three for four. With two touchdowns and an interception? Yeah, maybe three for five. You got to respect the efficiency. But No, no, no. So the two touchdowns, one was – like a 32-yard pass on third and 10. And then their second completion was on a third and 11 or a third and nine. And someone just didn't cover one of the running backs. Right. That led to a touchdown. And they well, weren't both, in field goal range. Both touchdowns were long. Both touchdown passes yeah. were long passes, right? And then the, third, the third pass was a blown coverage again. 81-yard uh, touchdown. The one thing you can't do well, – that's not true. One of the few things you can't do against an option offense is give up big plays to the air because then you have to cover everything, and you can't cover everything in an offense, option offense. Well, it was literally like like a Chris Miller slaughter. He On the 32-yard touchdown pass, the first one, he just got beat. Like it was a, it was a post route, and he just got outran. Right. Supposed to be our elite athlete cornerback. And if I remember correctly, the second one, Mikhail Oni was caught sleeping in the, or looking in the backfield and just let the tight end run by him. Yeah. Where was so, it number 20? Uh, the tight end. Well, I don't – never mind. All right, go ahead. Know. So, I don't know. Once again, Mikhail Oni saved the day at the end of the first half with an interception, um, a really big interception that let Air Force – or CU get back in the game. Um, I think the other big thing to talk about is in the first half how they uh, force-fed LaVisca Chenault, which we were all waiting for. Um, yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Talk do about, you want to talk about that or do you want to? Talk about what? LaVisca. Go, I mean, go ahead. Wax poetic. Oh, I don't have any poetic. Um, <laughs> I did like that, what, the first three passes went to him? He had like 63 yards in the first possession, mm-hmm. including his touchdown in which he caught just like a three-yard slant, yep. just tossed the defender, and then turned on the Jets and was gone. Yep. Um, well, That's what he's been missing. That was LaVisca like – yeah, that was prime LaVisca where there's five guys around him and yet none of them could get him down. And none of them could touch him after he started running. Yeah, and how did that – were they just giving him space? Were they not double-teaming him? How did that happen? I think Air Force was was the first team that tried to play him straight up this year, um, and we saw what happened there. Mm, mistakes. He was, was playing hack of um, and Nebraska was beating him up on the line every chance they could, which makes sense. Um, 
Air Force seemed to just let him do his thing and let him try to beat Air Force, which I guess worked out for them in the end the best, but he definitely mm-hmm. got his. It was also, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's early enough to talk about Montez, but Steven no, Montez. Let's kind talk of... about it. I was about to bring that up because there was yeah. two deep balls in the first half that LaVisca <laughs> uh, broke open and uh, Montez was off. He was just off on Saturday. Yeah, he's so hot and cold. There's nothing we can do except just appreciate when he's got when he's on. Yeah, I mean he won the Nebraska game. He yeah. won the Nebraska game last year, mm-hmm. um, and then he comes out the next week and looks like this against Air Force, which is not known for the defensive back. It's not like they're a pass defense team, you know. What happened? It felt like the line was uh, surprisingly bad. Now, I I think Air Force has a pretty good defensive line. Um, They have size, which they've never had before. It doesn't excuse what happened. I mean, both sides of the ball, CU just got beat up. Um, The Air Force offensive line was pushing everyone back a few yards every play, um, and the defensive line was getting getting washed out. I think it was all – I think they were tired. Um, I think they were hung over a little bit from last week. Um, elevation didn't get them either. Air Force. Not, yeah. Not like they had a higher elevation. What? Is Colorado Springs higher? Well, their stadium's higher, yeah. Is that true? Springs isn't higher, but I think the academy is not in Springs. <laughs> I mean, it is. Have you been to the academy? Yeah. It's like 40 minutes away from Springs, isn't it? I don't think so. Well, it's pretty far. Okay. Hold on. Let's find out. It's northwest. up. Um, So, anyways, yeah, there was no altitude to rely on to wear teams down. And also, I think Air Force is just mentally tougher than the the previous two teams we faced. And they're pretty physically tough, too. They were bigger than they have been um, in the past few years. Um, They just beat – they beat CU off the ball. Um, And you will lose 90% of your games when you don't win the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that definitely. I don't know. Did it feel like Montez was bothered by that pass rush? Because I know there was no running game. That might be part of it, but I also just think that he was he was missing throw even when he was not bothered by the pass rush. He was missing easy throws. Okay. Um, there was that. There was a f- out route in the first half. I think it was like third and nine. The Visca ran a fifteen yard out route. Should have been an easy pitch and catch, and Montez just let him more. Uh, you know, up the field and towards the sideline. Oh yeah, and and just missed him by a few yards. And there, it, that was a that was the case all game, where he was just missing these easy throws. Um, and even his touchdown pass to Dimitri was was late and behind Dimitri. Um, thankfully, the Air Force uh, defensive back was even more late and behind Dimitri. But you know, it, it was off, and that's and this is what happens when you're off and you try to catch up against an option team. I was – I mean, I don't know how to feel either about just the comeback. Like, it feels great that they actually were able to move the ball at the end. But it took them a while to warm up. Yeah, I, want, I guess I want to talk a little bit about that. I think offensively, at least, that is a – I don't know if it's – it's not entirely purposeful, obviously. They want to score points. But yeah. I also think they are – more vanilla in the fir- way more vanilla in the first half than they are in the second half. I do think um, Jay Johnson spends a lot of the first half setting up plays. Um, 
and then spends a lot of the second half capitalizing on that. Um, and I think you've seen that play out just with like the flea flicker at, against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the play actions he he runs in the second half. A lot of the misdirections. I do think he, we will score more points in the second half than the first half as a strategy. Um, I think I'm we've sure. scored already more fourth quarter points than last year. Is that true? I think so. It's like 67 fourth quarter points already. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's absurd. <sighs> and tale of two seasons. Um, I mean, I'm sure they still want to score points in the first half. They, score, they want to score more than seven or zero. Um, <laughs> but I do think they legitimately – pick the second half as their time to strike. Um, I don't think that the defense is meant to start as slow as they do and then and then ratchet it up. Yeah, that comeback was only really possible because the defense figured some shit out. Until overtime, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, until that was just one bad play. Which cost him the game. I mean, it did. And also the offense – cost in the game but could you could you describe the defensive adjustments because i don't really know what happened from a football standpoint I well i mean i guess i don't really know exactly what's happening either they they changed some run fits sure they changed some of the coverages but they also <laughs> yeah. it's something like they go into halftime and mel tucker just looks him in the eyes and tyson summers looks him in the eyes and just says hey tackle better and then they do i <laughs> it's <laughs> It's something like that. I mean, there are obviously – and there's some personnel changes that happen as well. Um, Akil Jones entering the game was huge. He played a lot of this game, and he did yeah. really well. I'm he's, excited to see what he does. He's never really played ever. This is like his fourth year on, on campus or something? Uh, yeah, third or fourth, yeah. Yeah, they, they moved Jonathan Van Deest to outside linebacker mm-hmm. and then put Akil Jones next to Landman. And he made some great plays, and he was – one of like a uh, Brian Howell at the Daily Camera mm-hmm. highlighted Akil Jones as one of his like sleeper stars against Nebraska because he made like really good plays throughout and he's I don't know how he's never played yet. Uh, he's been hurt for a long time and okay. um, Jonathan Van Deest I think won the job rightfully so, but I think Akil picked up the defense a little quicker and he is just he's he's making plays where Jonathan is not. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Um, well, you kind of have to make plays. <laughs> yep, that's the goal of a player. Yep, <laughs> to make plays. Um, I, you know, it's it's a mixture of some nice adjustments from from Mel Tucker and Tyson Summers, but it's also I just think they they somehow refocus or they focus better um, in the second half, and and they they make tackles they were missing in the first half. They were they're in positions where they aren't in positions in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the secondary also seems to play better in the second half. They didn't get beat on anything. Yeah, um, and and poor Aaron Maddox. We hope to see him back soon. Yeah, um, I. So some person who I don't want to say by name. Oh wow! Are we dropping a source? Are no, we going to say no, no, sources no. say? No, no, I was going to say Jake Shapiro. Uh, (laughs) he reported that he saw Maddox's leg sticking out of his leg or his his bone and that he had a broken leg but that's not true that's not what happened well it's possible that the the fan cut him to the bone I guess Mm, 
Okay, maybe. But yeah, yeah, he suffered a very bad laceration. Yeah, because uh, I think he flew right into that fan, or his leg did, um, when he was trying to make a sideline tackle. Which, yeah, that's what happens when you have tiny sidelines and it's 90 degrees out. And you yeah. Fans. Um, the good news is I think Darian Rakestraw is – I don't think he's as dynamic in the run game, but I do think he um, is a pretty good – he's pretty solid, I guess, in coverage, I think. I think he's more of a security blanket than Aaron Maddox was. What happened to Trey Dofia? I, is he is he still away from the team for personal reasons? I think that might be. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know he left. Yeah, he left during fall camp. Um, and oh, I think the doors about that, huh? The the doors. Oh, well, <laughs> we gotta save some content for the podcast. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> Dylan so, Thomas is seeing action. Who is? Dylan Thomas, the receiver. Did he's, he played? He's playing DB. I don't. I don't. There's no way he played though, did he? Uh, on the field, CSU. I think he played against Nebraska. I think he played against Air Force too, probably. Really? Josh Allen has a tackle listed. Good for him. Yes, but he's also not playing as much as we expected him to. I think. Yeah, that was probably also on special teams. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, him, him, and Mark Perry have both been pretty quiet, um, given shirt. how athletic they are. Watch how watch them red shirt. Now, if if we somehow get Mark Perry to redshirt, that is a huge win. That's a huge win. For our more casual followers, could you tell us who Mark Perry is? Yeah, uh, Mark Perry is was the crown jewel of the twenty. What would that be? Nineteen recruiting class. Yeah. Um, he's a fr- true freshman this year, and he was by. He's he's physically ready to play college. He is a great athlete. Um, he's a natural ball hawk at safety. He is practicing at safety and the star position, the Davion Taylor position. Um, but he hasn't seen the field, as far as I can tell. Um, which tells me that they either planning on redshirting him or he's he's slow picking up the defense, normal freshman mistakes. Mm. Um, well, the the new redshirt rule is that if you appear in four games, mm-hmm. you can still redshirt, so you can uh, be used sparingly. And maybe they're waiting on depth, and maybe now that Maddox is recovering, he'll see right. time. Yeah, it's possible that he, he moves up the depth chart when Maddox is there, and then they shut him down when Maddox comes back in four to five weeks. Yeah, we'll see. Regardless, Mark Perry was expected to play a lot this year, I think, by a lot of people, and he is not, um, which I, I, I am taking as a bad sign for his development, but it could also just mean that uh, they are trying to preserve his eligibility. I, I hope that's the case. Um. But I'm also in NCAA 14 mode where you just redshirt people immediately because they improve <laughs> like five overall points every offseason. Right. You just get like 96 overall fifth-year seniors, even if they're four-star. Five-star running back, redshirt them. We have three more five-star running backs. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. I have yep. three on my bench right now. <laughs> <laughs> are you playing as CU or you take the smaller teams up? I only play as CU. I get bored with everything. Wow. Okay. I had a dynasty going with Hawaii, but I threw, too many, I threw too many interceptions and I got bored. That doesn't sound boring. Yeah, it was for me. I don't well, like McDonalding. So uh, let's wrap up the Air Force game. Um, I think it's pretty <laughs> simple. 
I think CU uh, has played from behind all year, or not played from behind, but started slow all year. Um, and an option offense that's that's physical and is ready to beat you is the exact team that you cannot play behind. Yeah. Um, so they tried their darndest again to come back in the fourth quarter, and they almost, almost, almost pulled it off, if not for a blocked extra point. Um, I I jinxed that, by the way. That's my fault. Well, they also missed an extra point at the beginning, so I I have a hard time blaming that for the loss. Okay. Um, also, so it I, wasn't it wasn't the missed extra point. It was blocked. Well, no. for the record, CU's was blocked. Air Force missed one. Yeah, I know. It wasn't James Stefano's fault. He's still perfect. He is still perfect. Uh, I don't know. I I just think you you they fell too far behind. They weren't ready to get punched in the mouth like they did. Um, and Air Force is just a better team than they faced so far. So that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then they just survived in overtime. Bad play. Well, they did their most successful play and Nebraska's most successful play and Colorado State's most successful play against Wow, Seattle, look at that. Which was just give the ball to the fast guy and let him run around the edge and no one will get him. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. Well, um, speaking of slow physical teams, should we move on? Oh, yes, to the linchpin of the season. I've said it for weeks. Yes, the explain linchpin it. linchpin of the season. CU is traveling to Tempe to play at Arizona State this Saturday at 8 p.m. Mountain. Currently, Pac-12 Networks. Pac-12 Networks, where champions play. <laughs> um, currently, Arizona State's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Also um, ranked 24th in the country for some reason. Are they really? Okay. Yeah, because the AP poll is garbage. Are they the second 24th ranked team to go down to CU so far? Nebraska was 25th. Well, they were tied for 25th with the other 25th ranked team, right? Well, the other they'd be 26th then too, not 24th. Oh, I thought they skipped the number 24. They went from 23 to 25. No, not true? You, if they were both tied, they'd both be tied at 24. Okay, well, there goes my tie-in. Thanks, Sam. Okay. Yep. Well, anyways, um, Arizona State's ranked. CU's going on the road. Um, and as I've said for a while now, this this game, I think, determines the bowl eligibility of the buffs. Yeah, I agree. I think there's like five games left on CU's schedule that they can win mm-hmm. realistically without an upset. Mm-hmm. And this is the most important. This is the one road game against a real team because UCLA is not a real team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I just, just in terms of, I guess, how, how I think of the team, you know, if CU can win against a physical team on the road, in the heat, in the desert, that tells me a lot about um, how they're going to fare against Arizona at home or Stanford at home or any of the toss-up games. USC um, at home and then on the road at UCLA. Those are the others. Are we counting UCLA as a toss-up game still? Is that not a toss-up game? Have I don't want to assume them? anything. Have you seen UCLA? I, yes. I, don't, I guess I don't, I don't want to assume anything either, but boy, they are not good. Yeah, I, I don't – I don't want to assume anything. They play Oregon State soon, and I'm so excited to see which team is going to go 1-11 and which team's going to go 0-12. I think, I think Oregon State might get someone this year. Well, hold on. They, have oh, they Oregon State someone? just beat uh, an FCS team, so watch out. Here they come. Without Jamar Jefferson, but we're not here to talk about Jamar Jefferson, so get <laughs> back on track. 
uh, wow, how low I've gotten that Sam <laughs> has to get us back on track. <laughs> well, I got us off track. Um, so uh, Arizona State to me is a linchpin. It's it's if if CU starts three and one with a conference win over a Pac-12 South team, that to me says bowl game. If CU mm-hmm. is starting two and two with a loss against a mediocre opponent on the road, that to me says that CU is not there this year. I think this 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 is the most important week of the season. And if last week's loss says anything, I think that it's a wake up call. That's the hope, right? That's the hope is is that CU realize that other teams are going to play physical and are going to be disciplined, um, and they have to rise to that level. Um, I, here's the other weird part about this. I think it is the most important game of the year, um, and I cannot shake the feeling this week. I cannot shake it that CU goes out and has a convincing win. I feel it too. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the new coach, the new coach butterflies. Maybe it's um, an unreasonable faith that Steven Montez will get, is going to be good again. But I've seen um, multiple people think that he'll be sharp. He usually, can, I, I guess he usually bounces back pretty well. You, yeah, you can just feel it on the air. <laughs> I, there's something about it. Arizona State does not scare me. Um, their their offense is yeah. Can we talk about that? They're so bad. They're, they're not a good team. They have yes. one yeah. of the worst offenses in college football. Well, let's take a look at their at their advanced stats here. Oh, they're, let's take a look at just their scores. Let's look at their first half, okay? Yeah, you look you up go their, ahead and rattle off their scores. I'll uh, I'll get their advantage. No, I'm going to rattle off their first half points. Okay, first half points. Kent State, who nice. lost to an FCS team the next week. Mm-hmm. Arizona, State, eight, Arizona State put up 10 points in the first half, then won 30-7. Against Sacramento State, shout out to John Embry again, um, they put up three points in the first half, had like six punts or so until they scored again. And then they won 19 to seven. And then against Michigan State, who they were ranked 18th, but Michigan State is also bad. Um, they put up, I think, three points in the first half again. Mm-hmm. So that is a grand total of what? 20 points in the first half all year. Uh, and that's where oh, CU struggles no. is the first half defense. Arizona State had 216 yards last week. Oh my God! They won despite getting outgained two to one. Wow, Mark Antonio! All because he had put 12 players on the field. Yeah, yeah, the 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 field goal at the end, right? Yeah. So. Um, just to give you some advanced stats, Colorado is currently ranked 65th in the country overall um, with the 14th ranked offense in terms of advanced stats. S&P Plus is what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And the 118th ranked defense. Where are you seeing this? Plus. Uh, this is on ESPN. Oh. Do you have ESPN? This is where, this is where B- Bill Connolly is. You don't need to to read Bill oh. Connolly. Um. On the other side of the coin, Arizona State is 45th in the country. They are eighth in defensive SP, which is SP plus, excuse me, which is going to be hard for uh, CU to score on. However, they played they are, nobody. 
they are 111th on offensive S&P. Uh, well, they cannot move the ball. The thing is, too, like, like, look at this. Like, here, let me let me load some pages. Let's look at their competition. Um, Kent State. So Kent State, they lost to Kennesaw State. They're one and two. Hang on a second. They have scored 16 points a game. Yikes. Oh, they also played – I mean, they, they scored 16 against Auburn, so whatever. Oh, they barely beat Kennesaw State. But they put up 26 points against Kennesaw State. They had – let's see. Uh, they got outgained by Kennesaw State. They put up 337 yards. Arizona State got outgained by Kent State. No, uh, Kent State got outgained in the game they won. Against Sorry. against FCS power, Kennesaw State? Yes. Home of the turnover plank, the best turnover prop in, in history. Oh, I forgot they had that. Um, Michigan State has played nobody, but like they're not good. They were seven and six last year, and they were only top twenty-five because Michigan State is associated with good football. Well, let's say this: Michigan State, in my opinion, does have the best run defense in the country, but it has really? been proven, and Arizona's offense, shaky offensive line, shows you do not need the best run defense in the country to stop Eno Benjamin. Yeah, and when Eno Benjamin is stopped, that offense is anemic. That's what CU did last year after they injured Nikhil Harry. <laughs> In a uh, very not legal play by Drew Lewis. Yeah. Sorry, Nikhil. Yeah. So, Sorry you, you lost know, your job to Antonio Brown. Um, it, they just they, they don't have the talent and they don't have the uh, explosion, I guess, to scare me enough to say that CU is outmatched completely. I mean, they're not <laughs> – that talented are they no um and i guess here's here's where my confidence is boiling down to i think mel tucker is a good coach i think jay johnson is a good coach and when teams are like this both sides of the same coin see you as a explosive offense bad defense according to advanced stats arizona state has a great defense bad offense um i will bet on the team with a better talent and to me, LaVisca Chenault will be the best player on the field every single snap he's on the field. And I will bet on the team that has LaVisca Chenault over the team that does not have LaVisca Chenault. So you also does have some playmakers on defense. Oh, yeah. Nate Lamon, Davion Taylor, Mustafa We're Johnson. That this, this is the most stars on Scrubs roster I've ever seen. Projected top 10 pick, according to CBS Sports, Mustafa Johnson. I don't understand that Mustafa's a top 10 pick. Over LaVisca Chenault. That's the crazy part. He, yeah, he's picked over AJ Espensa. Who is that? That man is a hoss. Ooh. Yeah, that's the That's Iowa a meat player. grinder. Yeah. See, like, like, I love Mustafa Johnson. I'm just a little worried about CBS Sports, how they decided that. But it's okay. We can talk about that. I think it's because he had three sacks against Nebraska. I think that's how they decided that. I think they didn't really watch it. So, uh, I don't know. It The first pe- conference game for CU, um, first conference game for Mel Tucker, I... I have a strange amount of confidence, which means I'm sure I'm sure that means that CU will get blown out. Um, but 
I, I don't see anything that I can point to that says Arizona State is going to run away with this game. How's their defensive line? Arizona State has a great front seven. They have a fantastic front seven. They so are a little undersized. They are a little undersized. Um, but they they do a lot of disruptive stuff up front, and they disguise a lot better than anyone CU has played so far. Should we not be worried about that? I would be worried about that, but I don't know how many points CU has to score to win. I don't. I think if CU gets to 17, gets to 20 points, do they really need anything past that? Yeah, okay. So if we look at the defensive line, uh, they have Merlin Robinson, a middle linebacker. He's the star of the show. Um, they have Darian Butler on the outside. who's a little small, but he's so fast. Keller Johnson on the other side has great speed and outside linebacker. And remember, they're playing a 3-3-5. They're playing the San Diego State uh, mm-hmm. defense. So then you have uh, on, on the actual line, Devontae Davidson, uh, who's pretty good size. He's 6'4", over 300 pounds. You have Jermaine Lowell, who's uh, 6'2", 295, so a similar fire plug to Mustafa. And you have George Leia, who played last year. I think he's, he's the only non-sophomore out of everyone I just said. Hmm. Um, and he's similar, built like a plug. He's just there to make sure that the linebackers can fly around and make plays. Um, but they will disguise. They will blitz. They will bring some weird stuff at you. Um, and CU has to be ready. It would help if CU stopped the holding penalties. It's so strange. The first game was so clean from this offense, and since then it has been off off kilter. Hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's a good refocus. Obviously, you don't want to lose. Obviously, you want to win in overtime. But I think it was a good refocus. CU's defense, no matter how bad ASU is, if you have a blown coverage that results in a wide open 80 yard touchdown, you should probably not have that again. <laughs> yes, call the play that's not that. Yeah. Call the defense play that's not 80 yard touchdowns. Yeah. The nice thing going for CU is Arizona's offensive line is decimated. It is not good. They are currently starting a 17 year old at left tackle. Oh my God. Yeah. And they are not much better as you go down the line. The guards are kind of okay, but they have been spotty this year. Spotty. Um, and yeah. CU has to take advantage. And Eno Benjamin is more of a power runner than a speedy. Well, it's not even his fault. He just can't gain yards because he's getting hit in the well, backfield two or three times before he reaches the line of scrimmage. I meant saying that like uh, he's not quite the speedster that would take advantage of CU's lack of lateral speed. Right, he's not the uh, Maurice Washington uh, in that he's not super fast, and also he has no federal charges uh, currently <laughs> against him. Um, but yeah, but CU can deal with a bowling ball better than they can a track star. Yeah, that's the one thing we've seen this year. What's interesting, the one thing we've seen this year is the nose tackle, Jalen Sammy and Austin Williams, have been surprisingly stout all yeah. year. See, fan, teams cannot run on the inside. Um, until Air Force just wore them down. God, I love the option. Um, <laughs> do you miss Darian Hagen running it? Yes, I absolutely do. God. Um, so before we get too far into this, I just want to get to predictions. Officially, I'm, I'm putting it in ink, in stone. I think CU wins outright. Um, yeah. I think they win by touchdown. I'm going against Vegas. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Really? Okay. 
I feel good about it. All right. Well, um, we'll leave we'll leave the we'll leave you with a few things to watch before the game on Saturday. Uh, number one. Speaking of Darian Hagen, you brought this up, and I saw it. There was a great link on All Buffs um, about uh, that was a Bill McCartney video of him speaking before the 1994 season uh-huh. um, about why he changed the offense from the wishbone to the uh, pro style offense. And it is absolutely, it was fascinating. I've never heard him in that lecture format before, um, and it is wonderful. Okay. He talks about how how with the schedule he was playing, which which CU was playing, which was twelve as he called them, twelve heavyweights back to back to back to back. Oh God, yeah. You know he he talked about the nineteen ninety four season, which was you know you play Wisconsin, you play A and M, and then you get right into the big te- big eight schedule, big tw- big twelve schedule, I think. I'm looking um, at that roster right now, so keep going. Well, that's the best roster in CU history. But anyways. Um, he was he he talks about why he wanted balance he talks about how they were they did things they and they this is true they did things that no other no other team in the nfl or college was doing um and that they didn't substitute they substituted based off of formation not players Mm. um it's a really great talk it's really mostly the first 30 minutes they talked about a lot of this. Thirty minutes. First thirty. It's an hour and a half. It's Jesus. wonderful. Um, but it's great. So uh, that CU team did not make it to the national championship because they lost to Nebraska on the road. Because that's uh, everything beautiful about Cordell's story. There's one thing, only one thing you can hold against him, is he never beat Nebraska. Lawrence Phillips, 1,700 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns that year. Oof. Yes. Yep. We got to scrub the record books. Give CU another championship. <laughs> we might as well just say they were national champions. Um, regardless, I, it's a great talk. You should definitely watch it. Uh, watch Relentless. It came out – we're recording this Thursday. It came out tonight. Episode 2 of Relentless came out. Um, see you video working their magic again. Mm-hmm. Watch that before the game is a nice little hype video. Okay. And uh, I think on, I think it's Friday night. I think it's Friday night. Watch Air Force against Boise because that team is fun to watch, man. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely be watching that. All right. Any recommendations for the for the listeners out there? Um, watch what we do in the shadows on Hulu. Lovely Taika Watiti. It's a it's a show. It's a spinoff. Yeah, is he still is he not involved anymore? Well, he I think he's involved and he makes the cameo. Nice. Yeah, it's a wonderful mockumentary about vampires. It's amazing. I love it. And then get, start listening to Humbug, Sam. You got to come back with some songs. Mm-hmm. And also, if you watch that, there's an actor from the IT crowd who's very good, and there's an actor from a movie called Four Lions, which is amazing. I love Four Lions. Yeah. I love Four Lions. Yeah, it's an amazing parody of Islamic jihadists that unfortunately gets more and more prescient. Yeah, it's it's really funny. These characters are such idiots. It's amazing. I love it. Well. Uh, this has been at the buzzer loss edition. <laughs> we hope to not have too many more of these shows. Um, we hope to get back to the win editions mm-hmm. and please be sure to listen. And if you like the listen, then the rate, and if you like the, if you like it enough, then please subscribe. 
And my Venmo is at Sam Dash. <laughs> I yelled over it because we're not doing that. I'm just kidding. All right. No one knows how to spell my last name anyway. We will see or hear you next week. All right. See you, Jack. See you.